We are live. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another Educator Innovator Hangout. I'm your host for this Hangout, David Cole. I'm with NextMap, which is an Educator Innovator partner. I'm going to be talking with a wonderful group of educators from Texas and California and Ohio about a paper circuitry project associated with the Letters to the President project. This Hangout is connected to the larger work going on at Educator Innovator called Letters to the Next President 2.0. L2P is an initiative that empowers young people 13 to 18 to voice their opinions and ideas on issues that matter to them in the coming election. The uh, URL, which is live now, and it's a functional um, content sharing site. You should check it out. Take a look. Letters2president.org. L-E-T-T-E-R-S, number two, president.org. And uh, the L2P, excuse me, the Educator Innovator Program has been doing these webinars for a number of years related to topics and issues that come up uh, that we think about writing letters to the next president. And today we're going to introduce the concept of paper circuitry and talk about how people can use it to express their thoughts and opinions both in and out of an L2P context. Uh, one thing I want to say, uh, this project around paper circuitry and NextMap's involvement in it started about three years ago with direct involvement and support from the National Writing Project, and it actually launched with a series of webinars with uh, a bunch of practitioners, educators, and designers alike. And it's really exciting to be back uh, several years later thinking about continued implementations of this work. And the project has grown. The footprint of the, net of the work has grown. The network has grown. So you're going to get to meet some of the folks who've explored this work with us, and we're thrilled to be here with them. Um, for those of you who are watching this Hangout live, uh, it'd be great for you to post your thoughts, questions, or ideas via the Q&A feature that's embedded in the video player. Or feel free to tweet questions and follow along using the hashtag 2NextPrez, number 2NextPrez. So hashtag number 2NextPrez, P-R-E-Z. And so to get started, we're going to do a few, little bit of introductions. And um, I'll ask each person to go through to give a short description of who you are, where you are, what you teach, and then we'll, we'll check in again and sort of frame how we're going to handle this Hangout and the following two, because this is a three-part series which gives us a chance to introduce some projects, some ideas, and um, get deeper into the practice and the approach. So I'm going to start by going left to right. Um, Janine, we'll go start with you, Janine, on my screen here on the left. Do you want to go? So go Janine, Kate, and then Molly and Anna Marie. Okay. Um, well, I'm a doctoral student at uh, the University of the Pacific, and I'm also an adjunct faculty at Teachers College, and so I work with lots of teachers um, about um, uh, their pedagogy and, and how to embed STEM, and I'm researching alternative ways that teachers might be able to do that and afford it in their classroom. So I'm really interested in equity and uh, inclusion, and I really... Um, First of all, I'm a nut about paper circuitry. I love this. I can't think of anything better. But I look at it as a gateway to programming and robotics and as a way, paper circuitry, I think, is the best way to do that. So that's about what I have for right now. I think has David lost audio? I can hear you, Kate. Okay. 
Molly, Anne Marie, can you hear us? We can hear you. Yes. Why don't you go ahead? I think okay. David's audio is not working. Okay, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll just jump in. So okay. my name is Kay Hodges. Um, I have just started my second year teaching at Oak Hills High School. Um, I graduated from University of Cincinnati two years ago. They were very big into conceptual units because we had to complete the EdTPA. And so that's kind of what drove me into paper circuitry is it just fits so nicely within conceptual units and the kids completely thrive on the troubleshooting aspects. And it's very easy to mm -hmm. integrate it into this project-based learning model. And so kind of like Jadine said, I'm a new nut, but I am <laughs> very into it. Um, and after seeing what it can do for students in a classroom, I am hooked. Mm -hmm. So I guess that's all I have for now. I can hear you. Am I back? Yeah, you're yeah. back. Hi, David. <laughs> we thought we Darn lost it. you. No sound? Oh, yes, now, now you have sound. Yeah. You can hear me now, huh? You're already here. Can you still hear me? Yes. Okay, I'm there? Yes. Great. Sorry for that glitch. Anna Marie and uh, Molly, description. I'll go ahead and yeah, go, go first. We're, we're together because we work at the same school. Um, I'm Molly Adams, and I teach 10th grade at Waxahachie High School in Waxahachie, Texas. Um, I've been teaching for several years, and I have a STEM and PBL background, and are, I'm now working in a traditional high school. And one of the things that I um, really love about the paper circuitry is kind of like what Kate said, what it does for the students and allows them to troubleshoot and really try to figure out uh, how to problem solve through something. But I think my favorite thing about it is getting to work with teachers and really letting teachers experience kind of a paradigm shift when they do the paper circuitry work and think about how they might use it in the classroom. I've also done a little bit with um, bringing it to my first robotics team. I'm a coach and I do not do a lot of the programming and things like that. That's what I want to learn. But I have been able to facilitate them learning some stuff and now they're doing Hack Your Notebook workshops for younger students in our district. So it's been really fun to see how it could sort of spin out from where it started when I went to a workshop three years ago. Awesome. And I'm Anna Marie Warren and I teach at Waxahachie High School. I teach 12th graders on level and dual credit and I'm also adjunct faculty at Navarro College. And I love the paper circuitry because I teach a lot of on level students and they don't have the exposure uh, to something cool like um, circuitry. I mean our students are coming to our English class not even knowing how to do uh, a Google Doc or Word document and I'm even teaching on basic of Prezi's and, and PowerPoint, so this is a, this is a way that I can um, get them excited about writing and um, you know just having these light bulb moments. So I'm a novice myself, and I was impacted by a workshop I attended that David uh, David and Molly were um, doing in. Um, DC and I've been hooked ever since. So I'm excited about my kids having that exposure to it because it's really something that's out of touch for the um, economic uh, you know situation that our students are in and this is something affordable that um, is going to get them excited about writing. So. Great. So thanks you all. So I'm going to just circle back and 
um, give a little bit of an overview just to let the listeners know my connection to each of you. I'm broadcasting from here um, in San Francisco at a, a facility called Many Labs, which is Many Labs, M-A-N-Y-L-A-B-S. It's a place where we're working on open tools for open science. I'm a resident here. It's underwritten by the Gordon and Betty Family uh, Foundation, which is a it's a wonderful research facility, and it's here that I've been doing the work with NextMap and with people local like Janine on Tide Notebook projects, which is an open data integration. So there's a lot of paper circuit work going on, but the collection of folks on this call, it's a wonderful group. I, as you can tell, I met Molly three years ago. Uh, we then connected over the years. We recently worked in uh, Texas this June on a couple of big conferences with Anna Marie and it's been wonderful to follow their work and see where they're taking it. Um, Kate, I've met Kate through her mother who's a wonderful teacher in Alaska, uh, teaches instructional technology at the University of Alaska Juneau and had the pleasure of meeting Ginny, uh, 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 meeting Lee, Jean, Kate's mom, at AK Teach is a professional development organization in Kodiak, Alaska. And so the network is quite big. And last, this just past June, I was back in Kodiak with Janine. And uh, Janine and I were able to present an advanced paper circuitry workshop. And briefly about Janine, I met Janine three years ago at the Tech Museum. And she uh, took to paper circuitry brilliantly. And I've been following her and learning from her all the way along. Janine, can you give a short description again about the work you're doing uh, and how you connected it to robotics? I just want to frame this because... Yes, okay. Um, uh, I was teaching pre-engineering and we um, were making um, robots, mo simple moving robots with servos and programming. Uh, and it was just, it became a, a obviously very expensive. As soon as you made a wonderful, cute little robot, I would grab one and pull one up, but we can do that another time. Uh, that you can't use that Arduino anymore, and it's it's thirty five dollars for some of the the brand new ones, and yes, you can buy some some lookalikes. So I thought this is not going to be possible. Um, and my neighbor teacher uses the Lego Robotics. I adore that program. If a school district can afford it, it teaches logic programming, um, and then you have all those building materials. But for me, as an ordinary teacher that had been on a budget, a budget. Of $500 kit per student, I had to find something. So paper circuitry for me replaced breadboarding. Uh, and it, not that we don't do breadboarding later on, but as a good introduction project, I just love the creativity of it. So when I found out about Ch uh, Chibitronics circuit stickers that you would be offering at that workshop at the tech, um, and I saw that you were using an AT Tiny, which is a little guy. In fact, I've got a little little pile of them just sitting right here. You like 75 cents versus the price of one Arduino. And all of a sudden, I realized this is the way teachers are going to be able to bring engineering into their classroom. So when they start off with the, the, the paper circuits, it's kind of easy. It can be a little bit of a challenge. And once the teachers do it, there's this, what uh, Kate described, this light bulb moment that, oh my goodness, this is awesome. And they're hooked. It's, and then from there, you can bring in the, the programming. And it's uh, once the teachers have that confidence, then we can take them to making something moving. And for me, you can use foam core, cardboard, uh, Lego robotics with Arduino, but it's so much um, more affordable to do it with the paper circuits. And you can flatten them out. You can. There's just such an incredible amount of creativity. Like the Tinkering Studio here in, in at the Exploratorium in San Francisco has just been exploring a lot 
lot of this and consulting uh, with how to do the servo part of it. It's just it's just wonderful to see this spread. So it, it's for me, it's about affordability. And then uh, meeting Dr. Lee Graham in Alaska last summer, and she explained how um, her daughter um, was teaching her English class. How her daughter said, "I could have been an engineer if I'd known this." And so for me, I wanted to talk to her daughter. <laughs> and turns out it's Katie, uh, Katie Hodges. And so we've been corresponding. And I'm so interested in studying and researching how an ordinary teacher like her or like us learned how to do this and bring it into their classroom and what's happening with it. So that's the exciting part that, that I'm following in my research. Great. Great. So one thing I want to say as we get into this, um, this is the first of three webinars. And, and to the extent you're able to uh, join in or um, follow these this series, it's really kind of a practicum in the practices and the materials that let you explore a paper circuit program. Um, we have a couple with really three webinars. This one is introducing the uh, this group here of practitioners who are going to be working with two very unique templates and a set of resources. And the hope is that if you're interested, you can follow along, download some of the, the resources that Kate and that Molly and Anna Marie are going to be working with. We can explore and talk about those. The second session that's coming up a week from tonight is to talk about implementation strategies. So we're going to be troubleshooting and talking about approaches to doing this and pacing and organizing kids and working with materials, troubleshooting and so forth. And the last session, uh, which will be through the 8th of September, Janine is going to highlight a AT Tiny build. And that's really a more complex uh, project that involves computation, it involves more complex fabrication, other skills. So we're trying to create that kind of blend. Mm -hmm. So that's the overview of where we're headed. I hope you have a feel for the people on the call. There's lots and lots of resources which are being posted on the various websites and made available. The work's been going on for quite a while now. So I want to switch gears to go into each of the educators' projects, let them give you a chance to explain what they're up to. Uh, some of us will be sharing our screens so you can take a look at what we've got. Uh, we'll be revisiting this through the next cycle as well. So I'm going to start with you, Kate. Um, so you can give an overview of the work you've done um, in terms of your background in Oak Hills, where you're at, um, the work that got you here, and then uh, the goal is to introduce the project as you've conceived of it for Letters to the Next President. You've put together a unique uh, multimodal project that picks up with a very uh, wonderful activity you did last spring, and you're going to apply this work and this method to the L2P program and the civic engagement opportunities in your ELA classes. So. Uh, feel free. So, Kate, you want to move, give us an overview? Absolutely. So, I guess um, if we're talking about kind of where I started, I started with uh, the Frank Effect Project, and I should probably do a quick screen share so you guys can kind of sure. see what it and looks like. While Kate's doing that, I'll just mention that we have a couple of uh, background URLs for some conversations we did recorded with Kate and Janine and with Anna Marie and with Molly. So if you're interested in sort of digging in deeper, you can listen to those as background. Go ahead, Kate. Okay, so I don't know if you guys can totally see that, but these are some yeah. samples for students. So the intention from this project, we'd finished reading Frankenstein, and the big thing that I wanted was obviously um, what we all want our students to do when they're reading, which is put themselves in the shoes of the person they're reading about, right? So I wanted them mm -hmm. to experience what it was like to be Victor Frankenstein, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, 
And so paper circuitry fit very nicely into this. So I had them research uh, an area of their choosing. So for example, if I picked world hunger, I would find three sources on this. And then I had to attribute three negatives or three positives that were measurable. So maybe that was 10,000 people live today if I cure world hunger. Um, and so each day they went through a circuit. That was three days. They went through different types of paper circuitry. And um, if it lit up by the end of class, they had to do a reflective journal as if their um, experiment succeeded. If it did not light up, then they had to write a reflective journal as if they failed. They were not allowed to talk about the journal or talk about the circuit outside of the circuit workshop as anything other than an experiment for their cause. Um, at the end, they had to create, which is what you guys are seeing here, their final symbol for their experiment and they would hook it up to the Makey and it would talk to them. So it would say, because of you, a million people have clean water and food today. Or it would say, mm -hmm. this is stupid. I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. And so I wanted them to really feel what it was like for something to take on a life of its own even when they dedicated a lot of time on it. And I believe the URL for this blog will be shared. The lesson plan mm -hmm. is in there a lot of different videos um, and kind of like Janine said what made me a nut about this is um, as you guys can see <laughs> I did not direct kids to play with the circuits the way they did um, this group that you see here they're holding hands and one has their hand on the battery one on the tape they did this entirely independently um, completely they were just done and they were like oh we just thought we'd play with it um, another thing kids like to do, which I think you can also see here, they stacked multiple batteries and they liked to compare mm -hmm. it to their cell phone. That happened in every class for whatever reason, um, which I'm a fan. I'm a fan of anything that makes kids want to learn a little bit more. So with that being said, when I designed the letter to the president, I wanted it to kind of, this is a student sample, so it's a little different than the one in the last video we did. Um, but I wanted it to be an interactive experience between author and reader. So the cool thing, um, I think, is that when kids create this, they're doing their paper circuit. So it's here under this little person, okay, and she'll light up. And I have pictures that will be linked in um, a slideshow that you guys can have. And then they'll have their letter. So I don't know if you can see, but there's a little press button. So when they press that, it'll be hooked up to the Makey, and you'll press it, and what will happen is you will hear the child's rebuttal to a counterclaim that they initially formulated. So that they're thinking about, you know, what is this going to look like? What is the reader thinking ahead of time? But then they'll also, I put optional directions so that they can write directions to the president how to hook it up to the Makey. So I guess my overall intention was for it to be an interactive letter because the way that letters have changed, writing has changed, reading has changed over time because of technology, paper circuitry makes that very seamless. Nice. That's great. Um, Kate, well, I think I'm going to just interject briefly and talk about uh, for people who have never done paper circuitry before, um, we're kind of jumping ahead to some pretty advanced projects. and. Um, there's a really simple uh, idea that you're putting a light under a card. We have all kinds of examples on 
um, the NextMap site. There's lots of resources online. Um, but as you can tell, it's, it's an introduction to a craft experience where people are learning how to work with materials and they're understanding the basics of an of electronic circuit, basics of an electrical system. And, you know, I'm a former English language arts teacher. I taught writing for the first 13 years of my career um, for fourth grade, twelfth grade, ninth grade, college. Um, and I've been very interested in trying to connect the literacies of fabrication to the literacies of traditional writing and how we can construct our knowledge using these two modes. And so it's been a really interesting exploration and that the approach is really simple. Um, we'll come back and I'll share some other links later on, but I want to, re want to make sure if there are any people on the call right now or listening in who, for whom this is a new experience, um, the barrier to entry is really quite low and the opportunity for learning is really quite high. So we'll share some more um, links as we go. Um, Kate, do you want to talk a little bit about how you've conceived of this for L2P and then we'll switch over to Molly and Anna Marie? Um, oh, I think I have my mic. No, I don't. Okay. I thought I had my mic muted. Um, yeah, yeah so. the, thing, the thing that I'm really struck by is you've got this wonderful multimodal project. You've introduced the Makey. You've done the basic circuitry. You wouldn't claim you're an expert, yet you've been a master facilitator. And now you're going to apply that experience to a civic project and set the sort of essential question in the context of, ele the context of electoral politics for your students and your community. So I'm curious how you would think through that so folks can hear how, you how you're thinking about that. Um, well, I guess like the big thing when I'm thinking about these kind of things, when we when we read something, um, the first thing I think is like an essential question, right? So what is this essential question that I want kids to address? So here I think a lot of the thing and the great thing about paper circuitry, they don't feel very empowered, right? And I think that's when something really special happens in, I literally believe something very special happens in the brain when you make this happen with the paper circuits. Um, and so what I really wanted to happen is for the kids to have this experience creating but then to also know that someone needed to follow along with them in this process. So you think like the leader of the free world, right, the president of the United States, um, the super important person, right, um, they have to go through this process with you, this process they might know nothing about and suddenly you're the expert. And your, your argument appeals are suddenly so much stronger. Your well-formulated argument letter is just a little bit better. And, um, and so when I was going through it, and actually I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to screen share again real quick, David, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah, of course, please um, do. Because when I was creating this, I actually went around and I, I shared it with a lot of people in my department. And I said, okay, uh, as an English teacher, what are you the most nervous about if you wanted to do something like this and they said we want pictures we want to see exactly every mm -hmm. single phase we want to go through so again this should be linked in there but as you can see um, I tried to make little diagrams and then there's follow-up pictures of what it will look like and so I hope that this kind of helps yeah, ease. Can, can you go back to that second that second picture you did I think that's a nice this image the parallel circuit, because okay. for people who might not know exactly what that is, could you just yes. give a description? It's a nice image. Okay, thank you. Um, so the big thing, and I also put it on this one, but just mm -hmm. so that you can kind of see here, um, big thing, don't break the connection. Make sure you fold the tape, right? You want to make sure the kids are folding. There's no breaks in the copper tape. You want a nice space here between so that you can place your LED right here, and you're getting connection on those copper tabbies on the LEDs. 
Um, and down here, we're using the tab batteries that I know, David, you recommended. Um, mm -hmm. Down here, I'm just using a traditional battery that um, is magnetic True. so that it clips right onto it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, right down right down here, I don't know if you can see my, my mouse because it kind of cut off on the picture, but down on the left bottom, that's where the battery is So because it cuts off over here. Um, for some reason, and I will say, like, I was probably, when I started this, um, the most apprehensive. Like, I was doing the slides and the switches, and I had no problems. For some reason, I looked at the parallel, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you know, I don't know why. And so um, I, I hoped. Yeah, and I, I hoped that this would, that it's kind of lengthy, the PowerPoint, but my intention wasn't for people to feel like they have to go all the way through, but that if you are nervous, if there are concerns, know that every, I feel like probably everyone is concerned when they first step in. It helps have those pictures and guidance. That's great. That's great. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's switch gears to Texas right now. Um, Molly and Anna Marie, you guys could um, give an overview of the work you've done. I think if you want to share with a screen share some of the resources you've developed, I think it'll give people who are new to this work a chance to understand how you have um, taken this work on with the directions you've gone with it. I know that, you know, I'll just say this for the folks I'm listening in. Molly and Anna Marie are going to be piloting a template that I developed with some other collaborators and took to the U.S. Patent and Trade Office's workshop. And Molly and Anna Marie helped me modify that template for use in an ELA class. So we're going to be talking about that a little bit tonight, and we'll be sharing that work, um, those files, with you all. But Molly and Marie, do you guys want to start and kind of walk us through your work, some examples of what you've done, and then we can we can do this together in terms of exploring the templates around the L2P opportunity. That sound okay? Sure. Um, I mean, I initially started doing some of this work with the paper circuitry with my students in my class, and um, in a in an eleventh grade class when we were reading The Great Gatsby, and we did some alignment with seams and truths and things they wanted to illuminate for other people. We really keyed in on the idea of illumination, and so they developed some maker-based projects. Um, I can try to do a screen share, and I can show just one of them, just so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Maybe. Just one second. Yeah, there we go. I was going to show the roller coaster, but I can't find it. Anyway, they just made some projects kind of like this where they had they had to have a, a circuit in them and then they needed some kind of writing on them just so that they could um, illuminate something from Gatsby that they thought was the most important. So it kind of evolved and I really liked working with the circuits with really almost with I liked more working with adults and so and just really letting it be something that helped them have a paradigm shift in the way that they taught because of my STEM background I'm really interested in finding ways to bring science or STEM into an, an English or humanities classroom and so I have you know just from a literacy standpoint definitely brought in lots of literature but then also bringing in something like this with the circuitry adds another layer to that and um, trying to find ways to align it with things in English um, historically has been difficult if you don't have a text that you're looking at that has like some scientific components in it that makes it a little tricky um, but I do like the brainstorming that goes on with it and so really I have tried to to look at using the paper circuitry workshop to 
work with teachers and and help them find new ways to reach students and and using STEM and that process. So with this letters to the next president thing and developing this template, um, I really started thinking a lot about what we're doing here with the STAR test, which is our standardized test. Students have to be able to write a, a strong rhetorical persuasive paragraph, I mean essay, and so that's something that we work on a lot is rhetorical strategies and persuasive writing and I love the fact that we can use this platform of letters to the next president when there's actually an election happening we can add a level of, of paper circuitry to it and I think it's gonna make for a really exciting exercise in my classroom um, I'm so excited about what students are gonna be able to illuminate now that's even more relevant than connecting it to a novel. So that's sort of the things that I'm thinking about right now and I've really enjoyed working on the template and trying to think about different ways to see things. Great. And I, I'm one of those teachers that Molly likes to work with. <laughs> I'll go down to her room yeah. and say, wait, you gotta see this. I know, so I'm, I, and I was inspired at the, uh, the workshop that I attended and I'm one of those teachers that's like, <gasps> My light bulb came on, and I'm still like that every time. How many times have I done it? Like over and over, and <laughs> all my exciting. stuff. Yeah, and it's like, oh my gosh! So even last week, I was that way. But um, I I love it because students come to me and they they say they hate to write, and I have an art background, so I want kids to be creative and everything. And I think this is the way that I can combine the two with them, so that they can have those aha moments. But most importantly. They can have an, an emotional connection to something that they're doing. They can put their hands on it, and they did this themselves, and it's all about them creating this um, this product that they can show other people, and they can teach them how, and that's really big for uh, students in an on-level um, class because they don't have those opportunities. And so what this has done for me is, is it's made me look at um, – projects and things or activities that I do in the classroom already and it's maybe kind of go further like um, I'm real inspired to change Beowulf so that my students can create a today hero and rewrite you know rewrite the story and so um, I'm even inspired by Kate's projects that uh, you know that she's doing I think that's something that would really fit in my classroom so you know taking a piece of literature that is historically very uh, Unexciting, mm -hmm. if you would say, for students, and they don't understand it a lot. But if I'm able to add the circuitry to that, it just—it's another layer that's going to connect them and make them think outside of um, Beowulf. You know, it says, "What is this hero image, and and who are today heroes that I can, you know, that I can look mm -hmm. up to or relate to?" So I'm really excited about that, and then I'm so excited about our letters to the next president because it goes along. With, um, helping my 12th grade students use their voice in a positive way mm -hmm. because they come to me not feeling like they have a voice at all. Nobody listens to them. My vote doesn't matter. My my opinions don't matter, but they do and mm -hmm. I want them to be able to um, share those in a positive way and so if they're, they're using their hands connecting emotionally to it and they're uh, presenting their argument in such a way they're not being louder but you know they're making better arguments and things and I think that's what the letters to the next president is going to do and it's going to give them confidence um, in all these steps to writing that we're 
um, you know, for, you know, that we're kind of instigating with the um, with the template, and um, and it's going to get them excited and uh, give them lifelong skills. So I'm so stoked about that. <laughs> Great. Um, you guys have a wonderful set of resources that you put together for some of the presentations you've been giving for the conferences we attended, and we may want to come back to that. But I think the segue you guys are setting up is for us to look at the templates. Does that sound all right? Mm -hmm. So I'm. I'm going to share my screen, and for people listening at home, um, first I'm going to do, let me share my screen, and you can tell me when you're looking at, uh, we want to look at, first we want to look at, let's see, yeah, there we go. Uh, can you guys see what looks like a, uh, yeah. so before we get too far into this, um, let's start with this one. Um, the, I was at the uh, USPTO's t Teacher Institute this summer, and I would encourage anyone listening to look that up. It's an amazing opportunity. It's a week long. Um, you're, you're covered for your travel. You apply. 50 teachers um, get to join. And I was invited to do a paper circuitry activity uh, collaborating with MakerEd, which is a partner of USPTO. And we did a paper circuit exercise, and we wanted to introduce the ideas of ideation and uh, creativity. And so we put together a three-fold template, which is, going to be, which is going to be available for you guys, and we'll talk about it in a moment, um, that can be printed at a simple Kinko's on 11 by 17 paper. We use a variety of uh, design exercises to guide uh, participants in ways to explore ideas and uh, develop those ideas. And it occurred to me that this would be a really interesting way to assemble a letter, in quotes, and to build an argument or develop an idea around what could be possible for a, a final artifact that communicates a deeply felt belief that a kid would have about an electoral issue. So um, this template you can see, this is our gallery wall from the final activity. Um, here are some more pictures. Um, you can find more of this stuff online. Here are a couple of the educators working. The thing to notice in this picture here is that you've got some notes in a regular notebook. You can see these teachers are in the process of assembling their circuits, sticker uh, uh, circuits. They're in the middle of working with copper tape. Um, on the left-hand side here is what's called an abstraction ladder. I'm going to click to another picture here. This is the inside of the template, uh, which includes a series of activities. So you can see the way that this template is designed to become and serve as a kind of artifact for the learner. And it introduces a variety of different techniques for exploring and developing ideas. And so this is the overview. And now I'm going to cut away to the way we modified this template for the L2P project. So uh, can you see it looks to be a brand new template now? You guys looking at this here? In the upper right, it says the creative process worksheet. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. OK, I'm getting, the, I'm getting that. Mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're looking at an 11 by 17. 11 on the, on the tall side, a 17 on the long side. It folds up in thirds. And so as you can see here, there are three panels of activities here. When you're done with this, you're kind of holding something that looks like a restaurant menu or something like a, well, it's like a menu. It's about that size, and it's got some nice substance to it. This is really designed to introduce an idea. And um, the thing that I learned in talking with Molly and Anna Maria about this is that, of course, before you can do a project like this, you need to come up with an idea. And this creative process worksheet allows students to explore on their own and together 
an idea they're interested in and really develop it. So I'm going to go through different steps. So when this is folded up, this right-hand side is the facing page. Uh, at this point, students have arrived and they have an essential question. Um, how might we blank? And the exercise to get students to where they're ready to ask that question is something that we're going to explore in more depth next week. Molly and Anna-Marie have some thoughts about how you introduce and do the initial brainstorm, the concept mapping, to develop the idea so you can take it further with a template like this. But this is a sticky note exercise. And not everyone's done this, but it's a wonderful way to do ideation and a way to think about idea generation. Students work in a group, so they're learning to socialize their ideas, and they lay out their ideas. They get six of them. And we'll dig into how this goes specifically as we go forward. The next side, let's jump over here. Now we've flipped, now we've flipped the sides, and we have the abstraction laddering exercise. And this was an interesting takeoff. And then Molly, I'll let you talk a little bit about this, because the way this goes, you can imagine you've done sticky notes up here. You can see it maybe in the little thumbnail. And you've developed a key idea and gotten feedback from your peers. You'll then take your key idea and you'll drop it into this little box here. And then you'll develop it in a couple of different ways. And then, Molly, do you want to talk a little bit about the way we work this out? This is abstraction laddering. And you'll notice it goes from why in the upper direction and how in the lower direction. And, um, I think it's a great way to sort of think visually about um, how to develop an idea. And Molly, do you want to talk about that, and then we'll go through the template together? Sure. Um, one of the things that, that we teach, and I, as someone who's taught 10th grade for a, a really long time, maybe 12 of my 16 years I've taught 10th grade, I think that 10th graders need a lot of scaffolding to write you know, a high school or higher level essay. And so they really need to, um, they need really concrete steps. And so when I was initially looking at this, I felt like, like I understand when I'm looking at it, but I'm using my adult brain. And I think students needed a little bit more concrete language. And so we really brainstormed about the language that would be on these little boxes to help them with their thinking. So we definitely, and I mean, not we're not a common core state, and so one of the things I talked about with David was, you know, we want to make sure we use language that would work in any state, not just in Texas where we like to do our own thing because it's Texas. Um, <laughs> true, right. but, um, right. but anyway, um, using the terminology thesis or controlling idea we felt like was a good place to start for where they're going to initially come up with their you know, their controlling idea for whatever their, their piece is that they're creating. And then the other components of it, you know, you want to think about going two different directions with an idea. One direction is I want to tell you my reasons why I'm making this claim. And claims have to have proof, so it's got these two parts. How I'm going to prove it and um, what my, you know, what my claim actually is. So the, the why questions would sort of lead students to be able to elaborate and give additional reasons or explanation. And I really liked the idea of elaboration because it means talk more about that. Not give examples, but explain it more so that we really understand it. And a lot of times with students, one thing I work on is, you know, whatever your first answer is to the question, ask yourself, why do I believe that? And do that at least three, four, five times, and then that's the thing that you write down. You don't write down the first thing because we really want to get to that deeper level of critical thinking. Right. And then obviously the other part of that is you have to have um, you have to have some kind of examples or evidence to prove your claim so you get to be right. And so going the other direction is the how. How would you prove this claim? What are the 
you know, components that you would use to um, make that claim true or right. And so I like the idea of moving two different directions and then having that line space next to it where they can sort of flesh out those ideas a little bit more. Maybe they need to make some notes to themselves about tweaking the wording or something they forgot to put in the box but they want to make sure they mention. And I really like it as sort of a different kind of brainstorming space that's going to force them to use their brain in a different way than we typically map out how we write an essay or a speech or a script for a film or whatever it is that they're trying to do with this particular template. Right. Yeah, and um, the thing you and we're going to be revisiting this, and Kate will be talking about Kate's templates as well. Um, this is meant to be done, and I'm going to jump back so you can sort of visualize this as you're listening. Um, the let's see, it's the templates. I think it's templates. Yeah, there we are. So you can imagine the way this gets annotated. I'll just pull this over to the side here. This is this section here. It's called the abstraction laddering. So it becomes a space to visualize and think through. Um, some of the key statements related to the hypothesis and also the, the related to the evidence. So you can see we've gone from sticky notes to a how and a why. Then we go over to this clarity complexity grid. And this is a very interesting thing. The conversation we had with Molly and Anna Marie about this was, for those of you who do any product work or have done any of the designs, design work or the product development, you'll know that this is a typically an importance uh, and difficulty matrix. And it's often used to describe features in a product or in a product set. Um, the folks in Texas, Molly and Anna Marie pointed out, the clarity and complexity were sort of two axes that are always applicable to really strong writing. And we began to think this through. And um, Molly, do you want to explain this uh, approach? Because I think you integrated a lot of things from sort of a rubric lens to the way we work through the language on this. The trick here is to begin to think of this as a writing exercise where kids are making sentences and they're beginning to build their ideas. And so, Molly, I'll let you guys take this a little bit further. Okay. Um, I mean, definitely one of the things that we're seeing as a trend, at least in Texas, and obviously where we are measured at the public you know, school level by our testing scores. And so that's something that administrators are always interested in raising. And, you know, in Texas, our biggest concern is writing. It's a huge concern. It's a really hot topic that a lot of administrators are talking about when they come back from conferences wanting to really fix that problem on their campus. So one of the trends we've noticed just in looking at um, the sample of essays that get released with our standardized test is that that complexity of argument and depth of insight and the clarity of how those are coherently explained um, in that essay on that standardized test weighs much heavier than their control of conventions, which I think is really interesting. As long as the, the grammar, punctuation, spelling, etc. doesn't cloud their meaning, it does not carry more weight than the complexity of their argument. And I, so I was really struck by that because that's a really hard thing to teach because you don't want to teach kids that it's okay to make mistakes on a standardized test, you know, necessarily, but to teach them that the complexity of their thinking is actually more important than the accuracy of their use of commas. And so I felt like that would be a really nice addition to this. 
Do you want to say and, anything about well, that? Well, and we just, when we talked about it, we wanted to make sure that the terminology kind of fit, um, you know, what we're using in the classroom and how, um, you know, how teachers are talking about it and how we explain that to our students. So, so what we've come up with, you know, really fits that mold and it, it really encourages the critical thinking and that goes far beyond the standardized testing. You know, that's going to take them past um, high school and into uh, the business world and it's going to take them into their college too. So we didn't we didn't want it to be something that was just geared for how we're writing in Texas or in our yeah. high schools, but we wanted we wanted it to uh, be terminology that they would um, you know be taken beyond that. So Good. and our our rubric for how those standardized test essays are are graded has four columns, and those four columns have sections on them related to development and coherence, which really have to do with the complexity and clarity that we've used on the graphic. And so we really sort of brainstormed about how, you know, which quadrant would you be in when you're the most insightful and the most clear? What would your goals be? And obviously you're not going to be highly complex and highly clear in every statement unless you're like amazingly smart. I don't think I can do that. But, um, and I, I think a 10th grader would struggle with that occasionally. So, you know, <laughs> We definitely wanted to, there to be multiple areas of success instead of just one area of success on the graphic. So we really worked hard to sort of brainstorm the wording that would be on there. And what I also like about the graphic is it's something I could use for peer review in the classroom outside of any kind of writing. Mm -hmm. When kids are having a discussion, they could actually score each other using this. You know, your argument was clear, you used a lot of evidence, but it really wasn't that insightful. So right. what do you need to do to raise your complexity right. level and I, I think it would make a really nice addition to how we just have academic conversation in the classroom. Right. Yeah, so um, what for me personally it's been such a treat to work with Molly and Anna Marie and to collaborate with Janine and with Kate. Um, it's always um, eye-opening and very inspiring to hear the way educators um, make choices to improve things in the classroom for their kids and for themselves. Um, just to come back to this picture so you can visualize it again and next week we'll be looking at these templates some more and each of us will be sharing our own work some more. But you can see the way in which the template begins to flesh out and how kids and teachers can use this. I'm going to jump through the last couple sections so we can think about wrapping up. Um, in, as, this is a folding template so after you go through the grid and you kind of work through your ideas, the next thing to do is to do some uh, visualization and we want to make sure we can illuminate that. So this jumps back and then we do a simple circuit pattern here. In this case, we've got four uh, circuit sticker LEDs and you can imagine when this folds over, these four illuminate one, two, three, and four. So if you're working with stickies, you actually can have a way in which you may want to move or mobilize, move those or shift them around. The, um, the next step here is a storyboarding activity and there are a number of ways in which this is laid out. We've got some options for that. Um, this is kind of a scrapbook option. Uh, you can see here, this layout is designed to work like a comic book panel. There's another layout, which is a simple set of um, three, a three-step process that's wide open. So students could simply organize their ideas in three steps. And the last one is another option for sort of call-outs. So we're trying to provide some templates and some ideas for people so they could think about how they want to storyboard their, their, uh, their ideas. The last part of the template is once they've gone through this, now recall you've gone from a sticky note to an abstraction ladder 
to a matrix to a storyboard, and the last thing you do as to if you've illuminated is to then summarize your letter. Letters and quotes, of course, because a letter can mean many things. It can be a piece of finished writing. It can also be a script for a video. It can be a variety of things. And lastly, is a call to action. So this is the template that we've generated. It's available on the NextMap website. The link for the download is uh, available. We've also got um, a link for purchasing some circuit stickers. You can do that on your own at Chipotronics. You can buy batteries at your local drugstore or on Amazon if you'd like to purchase them in a bulk. Uh, we have a kit available. So you, you can put these materials together for this activity and also for um, Kate's. And so this has been an overview of the, I'm going to stop sharing my screen now. I should come back in a moment. There I am. Um, so this is an overview of the two projects. They're two very distinct projects in terms of the direction that they're going. Right? You've got Kate, who's got this wonderful remixing going on. You've got Molly and Anna Marie, who are going to be working at a very uh, directed ELE activity. And in both cases, these are all about fabrication. Uh, Janine, we've been talking a lot, but you've seen in the way that these are going, Kate's dealing with figures and cutouts. We've got, almost, I wouldn't call it origami, but we're using a very specific expression a way in which folding is working on our template. Mm -hmm. all, all of this speaks to the flexibility and the utility of paper as a medium. You want to give it, and you've done a lot of this work, and we've really tried to put a couple projects forward from different parts of the country with these wonderful teachers. Um, it speaks again to the flexibility of the work and the approach. Interestingly, these both these groups are all ELA instructors. So I'm curious if you want to talk a little bit about just what you're seeing between the projects, because you've seen a lot of this stuff um, come around. What, well, what I'm really um, seeing as far as um, how it, um, the paper circuitry is moving forward is not complexity so much as layering. So there's an effort to um, you know do your tr your your project that we want our our students like Beowulf or um, Animal Farm that K um, Kate Hodges is using in the classroom. Um, but then there's also that desire. This was something I was writing in my notes um, to. What, what did uh, Kate say? I'm a fan of anything that makes kids want to learn more. And Anna Marie, you said something like that too. Um, is you you just you you have this desire in your heart to engage your children in in learning, and it seems to be um, this artistic expression with paper circuits is is what's the the key to it that's going to propel our kids forward. So um, those are the things that kind of the intersections that I'm seeing. Uh, the other thing that I saw uh, and I heard from all of all of us here today is we all wondered is it you know I can't do this or not me and then when we when we experience this paper circuitry and how easy it is to do we know we want to move forward with it in some way and, and put it into our classroom. So those are some of the themes that I'm um, seeing, um, you know, I'm hearing of them over and over again um, is we didn't think we could, now we can, and it's more of a, we, we can't seem to get the, um, the excitement about paper circuitry until somebody sees it or tries it. So that's like Anna Marie is like, yeah. <laughs> Uh, she 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 experienced it. And she she went off, and I just want to share something real quickly. Is as I was working with a group of postdoc uh, students from China, at, and they came over and visited our work area, and so they made they just in one evening just made this really beautiful, clever circuit that when this end touches the battery over here, and they made this beautiful little 
light up lantern and they use little Chinese figurines and oh let me get the let, I have a little guard so it doesn't wear out but it let's see if I can get it to light up a little bit and uh, yeah. but anyways it yeah you can see it kind of doing its little thing and th that's when we get that experience it's like it's almost hard to explain and um, so I'm seeing I'm hearing all of you uh, having gone through that initiation phase and and now how can we get this into other teachers so they can get it into their classrooms and that's the that's our it seems to be our all of our common goal and the writing is the writing aspect of it the the humanities or the English that you mentioned I think that's the that's the key to move this forward so if other the other disciplines aren't grabbing on at least we are you know, moving it forward. So, thanks. Yeah, this is all about integration. It's been remarkable mm -hmm. to see the way in which so much of this is coming together. With the benefits of the low cost element, the natural connection that happens collaboratively, our own intuitive interest in mastering material and developing yeah. it expressively. Chi Chi often comments the expressive, expressive technology and um, creative learning. It's really, really wonderful to have this become something that can be mainstreamed. Um, and there are all kinds of reasons why this is important and the 21st Century Notebooking Project and Open Data Open Minds are really about exactly that. But there's a competency, uh, not just 21st century skills, but a 21st century competency about understanding systems and being able to explore and develop those systems. And I think as you'll see, especially if you attend the next couple webinars, Kate in Ohio and Molly and Anna Marie in Texas are creating systems thinking opportunities with paper language and materials uh, in their classrooms. And there ha it's happening in unlikely places. People didn't think that this was something that would typically happen in an AP English class. Or um, that STEM and robotics kids would work with paper circuits successfully and with interest. So it's really a wonderful, it's a wonderful mashup. And I'm really thrilled to see where this goes. So we're coming up to the end. I want to just wrap this up with a couple comments. Um, if you've stayed with us through this talk, there's a lot of stuff has been thrown out there. Um, each of the practitioners on this call are going to be exploring this work with their own materials and sharing it here and on the L2P website. Um, the next session is going to delve into some of the technical details and the practical applications of this work in the learning settings that Kate and Anna Marie and Molly are in. It'll really be on instructional practices and pacing and troubleshooting, and Janine and I can speak to lots of that. Um, and we'll learn more specifically about some of the techniques that each of these teachers are using with this material. So we'd love you to join us and continue this. Um, by way of wrap-up, I just want to thank you all again. And if you want to stay with this, please sign up for the monthly newsletter that's on the Educator Innovator website. It's www. Uh, excuse me. It's not www. Let me back it up. It's just http colon forward slash forward slash educatorinnovator.org. And then uh, follow Ed Innovator on Twitter at, at innovates underscore ed. So it's at innovates underscore ed. And you'll be able to track all of this. And last but not least, two very important details. The hashtag for all this work, because the network that associates with this work coming out of the Connected Learning work and the National Writing Projects collabor collaborators and the CL MOOC groups and others is extensive in the amount of expertise and uh, experience is remarkable. So follow the hashtag, hashtag 2NextPrez, number 2NextPrez, P-R-E-Z, is the hashtag for this work. And it's going to be unfolding over the course of the election campaign. And there'll be some summary work happens following uh, the election in November. And last but not least, please uh, visit the Letters to the President website. 
letters2president.org. It's a really, really robust platform. I had the pleasure of working on the very first instance in 2008 when uh, the, the trick at that point was to integrate Google Docs into this distributed writing activity, which was remarkable. And as you can imagine, Google Docs in 2008, it was a bit of a fire drill, but it worked beautifully. Um, and a lot of work was shared. So eight years later, the Writing Project and KQED have put together a version two of the platform. This is version two of the program. And it's got a wonderful um, way in which you can put your work up online. As an educator, you verify what's being posted. You can engage your kids. They can use it as a, as a sharing platform or a blogging platform. There are lots that you can redirect. It's a great way to share material and to check out what other classes and kids are doing around the country. So please visit uh, letters2president.org. And we'll be updating our respective websites and sharing our links. So thanks so much for joining us. And we'll look forward to hearing, seeing you, or having you tune in next week, or checking the URLs out when they've been saved online. And thanks again to the folks at Educator Innovator who are putting this all together and giving us a chance to share this work. Um, it's a huge treat. Um, any, uh, any other last comments from you all? Nope. Thank you so much for yeah, having thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. You're all good to go? Okay. All right, then. We'll see you again soon.